Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer, that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kumail Nanjani revealed he battled body dysmorphia while preparing for Marvel's Eternals. Megan Thee Stallion opened up about putting her mental health first and the stigma attached to therapy in the Black community. And we're joined by Nora Dominic to discuss queer representation in comic books, including Superman coming out as bisexual. It's October 13th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Oh, Stephen, I edited a post yesterday that I thought was absolutely hilarious for the site, and um, it's called, So Apparently Every Time Northwest Disagrees with Kim Kardashian, She'll Tell Her Mom That Their House Is, Quote, Ugly. And I think <laughs> that's the funniest thing in the world. What a way to drag your mom. <laughs> what a way to drag your mom. And also, let's be honest, North is not wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. I mean, when this house, like, first appeared, when, like, Kanye was posting photos and, like, you know, Kim's done videos of it and stuff like that, like, people were like, oh, it looks like the sunken place from yeah. Get Out. Yes. Like, it's just white. It's scary. It's not good. And I think one of the funniest parts is that Kim's telling this story and she's like, she's like, North thinks it's something that will hurt me. So she says it. But then Kim follows it up and she goes, and I and I guess it kind of does because I do like my house. <laughs> so it's so funny because North has found her mom's her weak spot. Yeah, I know, really. I mean, listen, the thing with North is like, I mean, I have to kind of side with her because I've always felt like their house looks like an art museum with no art in it. And uh, I think that Norris someday is going to live in a real cozy home with like things on the walls and like a couch. And that'll be her way of rebelling against her parents. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Kumail Nanjani recently talked about the toll it took on him to get super buff for Marvel's Eternals. He told Vulture, it's very easy to get obsessed with that number on the scale. It's a tough thing. It's deceiving. You become obsessed with it. I certainly have. And for me, it's not great to weigh myself every day. I could tell you what I weigh today. Kumail went on to talk about how the experience has taught him even more about toxic masculinity, saying, 
I started following a lot of bodybuilders on Instagram. I think about it more and it has never seemed more pathetic. It's really like, oh, all of our problems basically come from men not feeling their feelings. (laughs) Accurate. Yes. (laughs) But number one, everyone go throw out your scale there weight means nothing. You do not need to weigh yourself. But you know, like Stephen, we're talking about this. I mean, people, when people first saw photos of Kumail after he had like changed his body for the turtles, I mean, people could not stop talking about it. It's, it's quite a drastic change. And so I'm sure that also adds to it. It's not just him looking in a mirror. It's everyone else in the world looking at him as well. One thing I'm always struck by whenever he talks about his body journey, and I don't really know what to make of this, but it's just interesting. He has put so much time and energy into this, but whenever he talks about it, he's only talking about how much he hates it, but he can't stop doing it, which I think is so interesting. I think that's definitely interesting. It's it's somewhat of an addiction, right? Yeah. Some people, you can be addicted to working out. That's what it feels like. It feels like, you know, I have friends who smoke cigarettes and they they talk about it in a way that's like, oh, I hate smoking cigarettes. And he talks about it in that same sort of way. <laughs> that is interesting. No, I like it. It's like, yeah, not sure what to make of it, but there's something there. <laughs> yeah. So Camille, if you're listening, I just want to empower you to like stop going to the gym if you want, if you really hate it as much as you say you do. <laughs> stop going. All right. In other news, Megan Thee Stallion talked with Taraji P. Henson on her Facebook show, Peace of Mind, about how, quote, mental health is more important to her more than ever because she's, quote, under such a magnifying glass, despite the stigma surrounding therapy in the black community. The thing about therapy, because it took me a minute, too. I didn't find it until, shoot, my late 40s. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was about finding the right therapist that I felt safe enough to open up. Mm -hmm. Somebody who I felt like, understood my struggles as a black woman. And so that's the piece that I think is missing when black people talk about mental health because we think it's very sterile Mm -hmm. and usually the doctors don't look like us. So that's Mm -hmm. why we like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, that's for white people. But Mm -hmm. in actuality, we need it the most. (laughs) As a black person, and when you think of therapy, you think of, oh my gosh, I'm weak. Like, you think of medication and you just think the worst. I mean, honestly... I just have so much respect for Megan. I mean, you know, it's really hard to come forward and like talk about your mental health, even in a world where we are starting to become increasingly more accepting of it. It's still scary to talk about, especially when you have such a huge platform that uh, Megan has. But, you know, these stigmas don't go away unless we talk about it, you know? And I absolutely love that she said like, oh, I didn't find therapy till I was in my 40s. I'm like, great. Uh, you found it. So many people don't find it. Uh, it's never too late to start therapy. No. You, and I think what's really pointing about that point is that like, you know, she mentioned at another point in the interview that she's going to therapy in part to process the loss of her father that happened when she was in eighth grade. So I think the takeaway there is that it's, it's never too late to go to therapy for something that you've had to deal with in your past. You don't have to deal with it necessarily in the moment. Sometimes therapy is not accessible to you in the moment, either for financial reasons or circumstances reasons, but if there's something in your past that is still weighing heavily on you, it's never too late to talk to someone about it. You know, I was actually talking to someone about that yesterday of like, oh, you think you might have healed from something and then you realize, oh, wait, I'm not healed yet, which is totally fair because to be, I always love saying that healing is not linear. So it's like, yeah, you can keep on talking about it as much as you need to. Yeah, for sure. There's this saying that I love. I'm trying to remember uh, where I heard it. I can't remember right now, but the, you know, the quote is, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. And the idea is that if you can speak it out loud, You can address it and you can deal with it. But when you can't mention it, you can't manage it. 
Steven. Don't give me credit for that one. I, I, I fully know, stole that I from know. someone else, but it helps me <laughs> in my own life. All right. Well, moving on, in case you missed it, the latest iteration of DC Superman is coming out as bisexual. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about the long road to our first queer Superman and the overall state of LGBTQ representation in comic books. Hi, Nora. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so let's just get right into it. IGN recently revealed that DC's current Superman will come out as bisexual in an upcoming issue of Superman, Son of Kal-El. So for those who aren't up to date with this series, can you tell us about this version of Superman? Yeah, so basically in this comic, Superman is John Kent, so Clark's son, and he's kind of inherited the mantle of Superman and is kind of, you know, dealing with all of the responsibility that comes with being Superman as well as being a 17-year-old kid. So it's kind of like what we saw in Smallville where, you know, Clark was kind of being a teenager, but also Superman, and that's what we get in this comic with John. So, you know, this is obviously a big step for Superman, who since first appearing over 80 years ago, which is wild to me because I only know him from Smallville, JK. I don't want to be attacked by people online, but I did love Smallville, um, has served as the sort of embodiment of stereotypical cishet masculinity. And, you know, Dean Cain, who played Superman in the show Lois and Clark, told Fox and Friends he thinks it would have been, quote, bold or brave 20 years ago, but feels like, quote, bandwagoning to do it now. So do you think this new direction makes sense for this particular iteration of Superman? Or does it seem like DC is sort of trying to just check off a box? I think it makes sense because um, I think what some people, like when you read the headline, Superman is bi, I think a lot of people think that they've now gone back and made Clark Kent bisexual, which is not the case. It's like a brand new character that we only met. I think in like 2015 was the first time we met him in comic book form. So I think it's more of just like following this character's journey and it came to a natural, you know, progression. And in this comic, like I said, like he's had this kind of friendship grow um, with his now love interest. So it seems like it's more so that the fans were seeing it. And it's great to know that what they were seeing wasn't just something they were reading into, which I feel like has been the case in, you know, TV and movies and comic books forever. So I think it's really nice that it's going to happen. And I wouldn't consider it bandwagoning as opposed to like, we're following this natural evolution of this new character. Yeah, you know, and I want to know, like, what the reaction has been to Superman's sexuality so far, because to be real, I'm not going off of Dean Cain. He has some Ooh, wild yeah. views. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was a Trump supporter, correct? Yes, Especially uh, Dean Cain on Fox and Friends. Exactly. He was on Fox and Friends. This was definitely a clickbait situation yes. where he's trying to just be like, oh, they're ruining Superman. There's a reason he was no longer back on Supergirl is all I'm saying. Um, yes. <laughs> So so besides Dean Cain, what has been the reaction to his sexuality so far? I think it's been really positive. I think you definitely have, you know, that corner of the, you know, internet that is like doesn't like it. Because like you said, Superman for a very long time was this like white man. And so I think there's that corner of the internet. But I think it's been really exciting. I've seen a lot of people praising the fact that John's love interest, Jay, is a queer Asian boy. Um, and that's something that's, I think, really important for representation and to see him, you know, be this love interest to Superman. Um, and then overall, I've just seen like really celebrating the fact that, again, they've made this new character 
bisexual and they've taken such a prominent comic book figure and made him part of the LGBTQ community. You know, I'm, I'm curious, how much do you expect John Kent's sexuality to play into his arc going forward? Because, you know, sometimes what happens is these companies will like say like, yeah, that character is queer, but it kind of feels like they're just like throwing a bone. And then when you actually watch the show or the movie, it either manifests as like one quick line somewhere or it's barely on the screen at all. I mean, you mentioned that they're giving him a romance. So do you think this will be something that's just casually part of his identity or do you think it's going to be at the forefront of his arc? I think it'll definitely be at the forefront of his story um, just because when the writers announced it yesterday, they really talked about how when they were thinking about replacing Clark with John, that they wanted to make him not just another white savior being Superman. They really took the time to flesh out John's storyline with Jay and make sure that it felt like the appropriate, you know, path to go down. So I definitely think it's going to be huge. And they've already kind of laid the groundwork with Jay and John kind of being like Lois and Clark in the scenario. You know, Jay's a journalist and has that Lois parallel. So I think it's going to be at the forefront of his story going forward, which is really exciting because I feel like we've had like, you said we've had a lot of just throwaway lines and that kind of thing but it's really nice to like see the romance play out all right well we'll be right back to talk more about our bisexual superman with nora dominic Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking with Nora Dominic about Superman joining the LGBTQ community and its portrayal in comics. Okay, so like we said before, this is a big moment in Superman canon. Where would you say it ranks in terms of queer representation in comic books? I think it's pretty huge because like the writers have said when they announced this, that this is one of the first big times that like 
a main comic book character that everybody knows. Whether you've read a comic recently or not, you know who Superman is, just like Batman and those kind of big characters. So I think it's pretty huge. And DC's had, you know, queer characters in the past, but I think it's one of the first times that such a notable name is now being put into the LGBTQ community. So I would rank it pretty high currently. Yeah. Are there any other ones that are ranked up there in like two or three that you could see being just as big or almost as big? I think for DC, like Harley Quinn has been LGBTQ forever. And that one's been big. Poison Ivy. Obviously, they've been together in the comics and they're now together in the animated show that's currently on HBO Max. So those are like big ones I think of automatically. And but you know, what's interesting of you saying that they are both, you know, we could call them antagonists and protagonists at the same time. But Superman, he's our protagonist, you know, cishet white boy. So yeah, you're right. This is a bigger moment, probably. (laughs) It's it's just, like, huge because, like, if you talk to anybody, they know who Superman is. I mean, people now know because of, like, Margot Robbie's character and the movies. Like, they know who Harley Quinn is, but I don't think it has that same, like you said, like, ring to it. They've also had Robin in the comics. The new Robin come out as bisexual as well, which is big. But again, it's not Which is amazing because hasn't everyone always said that? But before, it was always the butt of a joke, unfortunately. Before, it was all like, oh, we knew. And now it's like, oh, it's actually happening. So yeah, I feel like, like you said, it's been a lot of like, not secondary characters, but I don't think it's been like a a Superman, a Batman, um, that kind of thing. So I wonder then, what kind of impact do you see this having on other comic series? Do you now see maybe other publishers and writers following suit and like actually making these big, iconic protagonist superheroes queer? I think it's definitely the step in the right direction. And we've been seeing it slowly progress, you know, in recent years, which has been so exciting. But yeah, I think what's great is because it's a superhero show, you have new characters taking up the mantles of these iconic characters all the time. Um, it's never the, you know, the same original character being Superman or Batman. So I think it's really exciting to see that they're bringing these new characters in and they're exploring their sexuality on the page as well. Um, and I feel like now these comic books are really catching up to what like DC TV shows have been doing for a very long time. So it's nice to see them, you know, in the comic book as well. Yeah. And you know, uh, my last question for you as someone who is not a reader of the comic books, but a frequent watcher of the movies, are we going to get to see by Superman in a movie? God, I hope so. (laughs) I I really hope so. Because like I said, like speaking in terms of DC, like they've done it for a while now with their TV shows. You've got like Alex Danvers and Sarah Lance and Nia now, but it hasn't made the jump to the movies yet. It hasn't made that jump. Even with Marvel, it hasn't made that jump. So I'm really hoping we're going to, you know, get to that eventually. And, you know, uh, as, as much as I actively do want to see queer representation, like explicitly in front, like, like it's said that they're queer in front of our eyes on a movie screen. I already think everyone's gay. So <laughs> no matter which superhero movie you put in front of my eyes, I will assume everyone's queer. I am reading into it already without them asking me to, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Nora, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you hate going to the gym, stop going. Amen. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily.
We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in.